Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Today's guest has been making an impact on the smooth jazz scene for over two decades now. His music has been on all the major smooth jazz charts, and he's been uh, a regular on smooth jazz radio and the touring scene over the years. He shared the stage with really a who's who of smooth jazz, people from Lee Rittenauer and Bob James to Norman Brown. He's a saxophonist and composer from Lubbock, Texas. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Tom Braxton. Tom, welcome to the show today, man. Well, welcome. Thank you for having me, Carl. This is, uh, this is awesome. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you for a little bit. Hey, man, the pleasure is all ours. I got to tell you, you know, going back and looking at your website and learning a little bit about you, man, you've had an interesting career in life. So we're really looking forward to, you know, to talking a little bit more and digging into some of those things today. Well, I'm very thankful for the opportunities I've been given, and uh, it's been a wonderful ride. I'm, I'm just thankful that I get to do something that I love to do. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's a blessing in life because a lot of people don't get a chance to do that. I understand that your dad sparked your interest in jazz. Tell us about that. Well, uh, it's interesting. My parents were married for some time before they had children, Okay, and so they so they had us later in their marriage. So my father grew up uh, in Oklahoma on the old Route 66. So okay. he got to see he got to see the original uh, re, I mean like Duke Ellington, Chick wow. Webb, uh, you know, uh, Count Basie. He saw all of those as a teenager uh-huh. and it just grabbed him and he had a passion for music early on. And so he actually went to Tuskegee to be a plumber and uh-huh. ended up be- becoming a mu- music major there. Wow. And and so he brought that same passion uh, when I when I came along, uh, he I'd always hear the classics around yeah. the house. He'd be playing Miles and Cannonball Adderley and okay. Sonny Sonny Stid and all of those great Ben Webster. Yeah, and so that was and so he just yeah. So I he played tenor for many years. He uh-huh. passed away uh, recently at 101 years wow. old. Wow, <laughs> sorry for your loss, but that's a long life. Yes, sir. So I grew up around a lot of music. He was a band director. And so he put the first uh, alto saxophone in my hand uh, at about sixth grade. Uh-huh. And I've been and I've been playing piano before then. So I was blessed to be steeped in some music at an early age. Yeah. Did you know you wanted to be a musician at an early age? No, I did. Okay. You know, I had a lot of I had a lot of interest. I was an athlete. I, I ran track. Uh-huh. I played basketball. I loved academics. I did. Didn't know if I was going to be a doctor or whatever. And then okay. uh, it was about the, the senior year in high school. I said, you know, I think I'm going to be a music major. Okay. And I went to, and that's, that's kind of when it hit. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So obviously, I mean, you've been on the scene for a long time and you've played at a high level for a long time. What, and that doesn't just happen. So what are, what are some of the things that you do to, to hone your craft and keep your skills sharp? Oh, that's a good question. Well, of course practicing yeah but practicing is an interesting skill because I, I teach privately and i tell my students all the time it's not just what you practice but how you practice it yeah so so i'm a big fan of spending time with your instrument you're always learning mm-hmm. you're always learning i mean you're you're listening to others you're working on uh different skills different scales 
tone is huge. Yeah. I mean, uh, my father was really big on that. He said, it, it doesn't matter what you're playing if it doesn't sound good. Right, and, uh, so right. Sound is very important. So I, I think it's just, just hard work. I mean, I've mm -hmm. always enjoyed uh, just getting the horn out and just spending time with it. So I think practice is critical and continuing to grow. Okay, okay, okay. Do you, ex to, to grow as you talk about, like, do you explore different things are you always challenging are you challenging yourself to to do something different or take things to a next level or absolutely um that is a great point because uh i remember my wife likes to watch some of those singing shows like uh -huh. american idol and different things and someone sang and i remember harry connick jr making a point he he looked at somebody one of the contestants and he said you need to sing some things that are that are difficult for you. Yeah, and that's going to make you better. And I thought about that because that's that's my philosophy. You know, I told uh, some of my students, I said, strength is built on resistance. You know, uh -huh. when you lift you lift weights. That's how the muscles get stronger. So uh, I challenge myself with different uh, method books, uh, with different scale books, um, different uh, concepts that I pick up from other people. And uh, it, it's ongoing. I mean, you yeah. never, you don't, as, a, as a, I read an article in the saxophone journal said, you don't make the finish line. Yeah. You just, you just keep, you just keep going. So. Yeah. An ever evolving <laughs> process, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah. And, but, 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 I, but I enjoy it. I yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great point. I mean, and that's, you know, I love, I love the point you said about, you know, um, that comment that Harry Connick Jr. made. I have a daughter who wants to be a, singer on Broadway. And I, and I, and I tell her the same thing. Like I try to introduce her to people that, you know, like I, the, my last one with her was Ann Nesby, who used to be lead singer sound of blackness. Right. And I say, you need to learn, you need to listen to her. You need to learn how to sing like her too, you know, and, and all those things, because you're right. That is what makes you grow. And that is what makes you better as a, as a performer, certainly. Right. You, you develop the craft. And uh, I think that's critical. I, um, uh, you know, there's there's new facets of what you do. You're not other people. I mean, and my father, he gave me a lot of wisdom. He said, wherever you go, there are going to be people that play better than you and people that don't play as well as you do. You can't let that work. You have to do the very best with what you've been given. Yeah. And so that's been what I've been doing all these years is I keep working. Every artist I play with, I learn from them. Uh, people that I share the stage with, recordings that I listen to, uh, they're all an influence. Yeah, yeah. What else inspires your music? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I have a wonderful family. Uh -huh. They're they're amazing. Life is life is a great inspiration. Yeah, uh, I believe that God gave me my gift, and yeah. I believe He is my ultimate inspiration. You know, yes. I, I, I'm thankful that He's given me the ability to play. So He's number one, and then life is an inspiration, and. Um, say listening to other artists that's a big inspiration too good good well let's take a listen to some of your music right now um we're gonna we're gonna check out your song hope for tomorrow wow that was a lot of fun uh i got to do that as a duet with the great uh iconic bob james yeah and, uh, I, I thought when i heard it when i started right working on it i said this is a duet and i hope he wants to do it with me and he did so we had a great time putting this together fantastic well let's take a listen
All right, everybody. You just heard today's guest, Tom Braxton, a song he did with the great Bob James called Hope for Tomorrow. So, Tom, what's your favorite part of the music making process? <laughs> it's a lot of work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I like seeing something go from a, a creative concept or idea to actually hearing it back going, wow, uh-huh. that's what I, that's what I had in my head. That's okay, what was okay. in my mind. And now I'm hearing it back, you know? So I think the creative process is, is just, I, I really enjoy it. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the going into the studio with ideas and coming out with something that people can take home and listen to. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you prefer being in the studio versus touring or, do you prefer storing, touring versus studio, or are they serving different uh, different parts of who you are? Uh, that I love what you said at the end because they I like both. I th- nothing to me can replace getting in front of a live audience. Yeah, I love, uh, and I think that's a, a great thing about jazz is going out and creating in front of people, re- their reaction to it. Um, every night is different with jazz and. Um, I love I love touring. I love playing live in front of people, but then I also like creating uh, in the studio. So I'd say live is probably at the top. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Good. When you're go- when you're when you're when you're out there live, like, is there, um, you know, are there? What are you like hoping to get from the fans? Like, what are you hoping to see them experiencing when you're doing a show? Well, I'd say the number one thing for me, Carl, is communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't just want to come out and do what I do. I, I want them to feel and commu- and get what I'm saying. Yeah, In other words, yeah. I think it's a two-part situation. And so I want to talk through the instrument and I want them to understand it. So I think communication is great. I think I also enjoy it when they're very comfortable. Uh-huh. In other words, it's almost like I'm coming to your living room yeah. to, to, to spend some time with you. Kick your shoes off. Let's have a good time together. Uh-huh. Enjoy the music. And um, uh, th- I think that also it's an educational aspect for them. They get to learn uh, about me. They learn about the music. And yeah. uh, just for that time we're together, they can just put whatever they've come uh, whatever they're dealing with, they can put it all to the side and just enjoy some music. Cool, cool. So you've worked with quite a few artists, quite a few top artists in, in this genre, including a 17-year a stint being the sax player and musical director for Wayman Tisdale. What was that experience like? <laughs> oh, my, oh, man. Uh, that was uh, really special. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Wayman was uh, larger than life, and I do mean that. He was 6'9". Yeah. So. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And I, I'm six three, and I would come off stage, and people would go, "You're tall too, but you look really short compared <laughs> to him." <laughs> but Wayman was um, just a natural musician producer. Yeah. He knew what he wanted. He 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 knew what he wanted to produce. He knew what he wanted to play. I learned so much from him. He was just a consummate entertainer. Yeah, uh, just the way he handled people. And um, I, I really enjoyed myself. He's the first guy that I really toured with. Uh, and I ended up uh, meeting him through Bernard Wright. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're, you're Bernard, the keyboard uh, player from New York. What, one and of my I, favorite songs of all time is Won't You Let Me Love You. 
<laughs> so I know Bernard right well. Yeah, well, it's 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 crazy, Carl. I was in Irving, and I was having a little Bible study, and I uh-huh. said, "Hey, all these these musicians were coming, and this uh, this guitarist said, oh, 'Well, I'm going to bring a guy who's in town.'" And I said, "Yeah, bring him on." And he walks in with Nard. I'm like, "Do you know who that is?" Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm. I've got his records, you know, from <laughs> when he was 15 years old. I've got, you know, yeah. Trivet and yes. bread sandwiches and all that. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, and so uh, it, we we kind of, I was working on my first project. He produced the first project for me. And wow. when, Wayman, when Wayman put together a band, he recommended me as a saxophonist. I flew up to Sacramento. Uh, we did a show. Wayman was still playing with the Sacramento. Sacramento Kings at the time. Okay. And uh, we, we played a gig together and that, that started our relationship. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I tell you, I saw Wayman play and maybe you were on stage with him then. He did a show in Milwaukee many years ago and it was one of the most fun shows that I think I ever went to. And the thing I remember about it most was that there was a lull, just a little break, and he and his band members were just kind of riffing on cartoon theme songs. Yeah, <laughs> And they were having such a blast doing it. It was one of the most fun things I ever experienced at a show. Yeah, that just kind of evolved. I think that was that. Was that the Red Mill? It sure was. Exactly. <laughs> so you were there at the Red Mill that evening. It's a small I world. Was, I was there. I still remember that. We And that, that evolved. One night we were um, doing one of, I think it was, uh, I can't remember which song we used to do that on, but we just, he played something, then I played something, uh-huh. then he played something, and it grew to where we had all these themes uh, from television that we both played, and people just absolutely loved it. And that was his personality. Yeah. He just he just loved to have fun yeah, and, yeah. and, and love playing music. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, <laughs> as, as long ago as that was, I remember it like it was yesterday. That's how, that's how impactful that little bitty thing, seemingly little thing was, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny that you remember it. I was there. That's fantastic. That. <laughs> what a small world. So, so you've you've obviously you've been on the stage with lots of different artists. Do you prefer being the front man, or do you like collaborating? Or again, are they two different things? Oh, they're they're different things. Okay. Uh, when you when you are uh, when it's your show, yeah. I think you process you process a certain way. You're thinking about a lot of factors: the flow of the show, mm-hmm. how how the audience is doing, uh, how everything's flowing. Uh, when it, when you're playing with other people, um, uh, my goal with Wayman it has always been when I play with other people is to make them look good. Yeah. I'm there to do a job. I'm there to do a job. Yeah, I tried to make Wayman look good. Everybody I work with, Earl Clue, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, and I want to just be on it, do the very best I can for them, uh, and I enjoy that too. It's a different mindset, but I, I enjoy playing my music as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. that's great. So, do you have a like? How do you go about preparing for when you're going out on tour? What What are the steps that go into you preparing a stage show? Well. I think uh, there are several things. One, I like to spend time with the music. If I'm mm-hmm. doing my, if I'm doing my show, technology is great, so you can send your music ahead of time if you're playing with different musicians or different sure. things like that. So it's important to me that the flow of the show is great. That okay, I, I program music that I think will really touch people and that they'll enjoy and they'll get to see who I am. Mm-hmm. That, I, that it's fun. That yeah. I get them involved. 
all those things. So then I, I like to spend time with the music, with the set. And then I also like to spend time with my instruments, making sure that I'm going to be on my game yeah, <laughs> when sure. I get there. Sure. If I'm, if I'm playing with someone else, I like to get the music ahead of time. And mm-hmm. I just like to listen to it a lot. And then I like to pl- uh, practice with it a lot until it's uh, very comfortable because I don't want to be just thinking about the music. I want to be thinking about what I'm doing with them, what I'm doing with the audience, the interactions there. Yeah. Some, some of it's kind of technical, like yeah. uh, Keiko, Mats- Keiko Matsui. I play, I've played with her on several occasions and her music is not easy. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I, so I spend it, I, I like to spend that time ahead of time. So I'm comfortable when I get to stage. Yeah, that makes sense. What, just before you walk out there, what, what's going on in your head and in your heart? Like, are you, Ready to roll? Or are you a bundle of nerves? Or <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm excited. Okay, I, I think I'm, I'm excited to play. Uh, the only time, interestingly enough, that I've really got nervous about playing is I, I've played. I've walked out on the court and played the Star Spangled Banner. Huh, okay, for, for like an NBA game yeah. or something like that. Because first of all, everybody knows that song. So yep. if you mess up. Uh, and then, uh, you just don't want anything to go wrong with your horn, no yeah. pad sticking or anything. So those situations are a little more nerve wracking because you, you're, you know, it's just you, but going out on a stage to play interestingly enough, cause I'm a little bit on the shy side at times. Okay. And so going out in front of people, my mother, when she first started seeing me perform, she said, I can't believe you get up, get up in front of all those people because yeah. you used to be so shy growing up. So, uh, I enjoy it. One of the, one of the experiences I had that was nerve wracking was, uh, I had an opportunity to play with Luther Vandross, just uh, one, just every night it was one song. Okay. And, and, um, interestingly enough, it was love won't let me, me wait. Okay. And he, and he wanted it to be exactly like Kirk Whalum had recorded it on the record. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I had to wow. learn it just like Kirk wanted it. And I had, the band was in the pit, but I had to go up on stage wow. and, and stand next to him and play it. Okay. So <laughs> I was going, please don't let me trip. Please don't let anything happen. Yeah. But it was a, it was a great experience. So sitting here <laughs> listening to you, man, and listening to you talk about all of these artists, I have to ask you this question. Do you ever get starstruck anymore or are you way over that? No, I, I'm in, uh, all of, uh, people's abilities and, and, and what they've done. And they, everybody I've met has been, they've been some of the coolest people. Uh-huh. Some of the, uh, for instance, I was starstruck when I met starstruck when I met Michael Brecker. Okay. I, mean, okay. I was like, <laughs> uh-huh. he was, uh, he came to, he, he came to Texas Tech with a group called Steps Ahead, and uh, he. I was. Uh, I heard somebody warming up under the stage, and I went down there, and he was just laid back. He was, I said, "Man, you don't know how much you've influenced the rest of us." Yeah. I, uh, and he was just like, "Oh, I'm just doing this and that." I was hit him, uh, David Sanborn. Oh yeah. Time, I was like, oh. "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> oh my God, Sanborn. <laughs> Bob James, uh, George Benson, wow. all those, all those type of, uh, gentlemen who, uh, were just so accommodating and so nice. I, yeah. but, uh, and Earl Clue. Okay. I mean, uh, just, uh, you know, and, and I've worked with Earl for years, but it just, I'm like, I got, 
your records. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic, man. I, I, yeah, I, I know the feeling there. I, I still, some of, some of those artists, I, I still am pretty amazed at and have had a chance to meet many of them. But I got to tell you, there are always still a few that I'm kind of like, wow, I can't believe I'm in the same space with this person, <laughs> you know. That's pretty cool. So if I'm sitting at a Tom Braxton show, what do you want me to be feeling? What do you want me to be experiencing while I'm, while I'm, while I'm watching you on stage? Well, you know, I, I think the, 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 there's joy in the music. Yeah. Uh, it ha- I, I, I definitely want you to feel the groove. But I, um, I also like for there to be just a little bit of unpredictability at times. Okay. Uh, I'm a big fan of Steely Dan. I grew yeah. up listening to those guys. And I love the fact that they took their music and their language and made it so commercial. So yeah. I, I love music that is interesting. Uh, but also fun, grooving, and I, I want you to participate. We're doing this together. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. If you're sitting in the audience, I'm, I'm going to come out there. I'm probably going to come on and clap your hands. Let's do this, do that. Uh, there's a lot of energy, and uh, we're going to have a good time together. Yeah. That's a big part of it for me. Good, good. You mentioned Steely Dan. Is there a favorite <laughs> Steely Dan song that you have? Well, we recorded uh, Peg okay. on the Imagine yeah. This CD some time ago, and I, I but gosh, I, I, I'm the best of. I mean, I listened yeah. to uh, Peg, um, Josie, uh, uh-huh. gosh, Deacon Blues. Yeah. The, the musicianship is just amazing on yeah. all, all of the new stuff, the old stuff. I even like Donald Fagan's solo record of IGY. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, just amazing. It really, really is. It really creativity. is. Creativity. Yeah, yeah. Home at Last is my Seely Dan favorite. That horn section on that song is just phenomenal. Oh, That's yes. phenomenal. That's my favorite Seely Dan song of all time. Oh, that is a good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's treat our guests to a little bit more of your music, man. Let's, uh, let's play your song, Looking Up. All right, yeah, this, and I actually have to give all the credit to my wife for this because she was out walking. Uh-huh. And she was li- she was listening to Herman Jackson's recording, and Herman is a keyboardist producer that I've worked with out of L.A. Uh, we worked together on the cruise, and uh, she was listening to his record called "The Cool Side," which is excellent. And she walked in and said, "You know, have you ever thought about asking Herman to write a song for you?" Huh. And I got in touch with Herman. He said, "You know, I'm gonna write something just for you," and that was the genesis of looking up all right well let's <laughs> let's let's enjoy that for a moment
everybody, we just heard looking up by today's guest, Tom Braxton. So, Tom, I understand that you were your high school valedictorian. You went to college on a track and music scholarship. You graduated from college summa cum laude. So have you always been like a high, high achiever or? Well, uh, I just love school. Okay. I, okay. I, uh, I, my, both of my parents uh, were educators. I come from a, a family of educators. Uh, and my sister was a valedictorian too. But what, okay. what, I really, what I really liked about my parents is, and I asked them when I had my own children, I said, how yeah. did you do this? They said, I said, how did you make me want to achieve? But they never, they made me want to achieve for me. They never yeah. said, hey, you bring, you, if you don't bring home these grades, you're punished. They didn't motivate me that way. They motivated me to want to do it for myself. Yeah. So I wanted to instill that in my, my own children. So I love academics. I'm actually working on a master's right now. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, online. And uh, right before our interview, I was writing something for an educational psychology class. <laughs> wow. Wow. What is your master's so, um, going to be in? It's a master's of music education. Okay. I, um, I enjoy teaching. I do clinics, workshops, different things. I would, uh, I'd like to be a professor one day, university-wise. Cool. I love education. I like the uh, work, like working with young people, like uh, dealing with uh, the next generation of, of young lions mm-hmm. that are coming on. And uh, I, I enjoy it. So, um, and in Texas Tech, yeah, it was fun. I was running on the track team. Yeah. I was um, in the marching band. I was in the jazz band. <laughs> I, was, wow. I was doing it all. Plus no I was kidding. Playing, I was playing piano at a, at a local restaurant too. So it was a busy time. It sounds like <laughs> it. It sounds like it. So we do this segment on every show, Tom. We call it Bout It or Doubt It, okay? If, <laughs> if, if you are about it, it's something that you're feeling, that you like. If you doubt it, quite the opposite, just something that you're not quite feeling. Can we, uh, can we, can we convince you to play? Yeah, now this might be hard. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. Okay, so I'm either about it or I doubt it. That's okay, exactly right. All right, we're going to get you to play then. I started yeah, this body by I doubt it. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to spin the wheel and get you a category. Then we'll ask you a couple of about it or doubt it questions. All right. <laughs> is there a timer? <laughs> nope, no timer or anything. We'll let you figure it out. Whatever you need. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, your category today is rides, okay? Okay. Bout it or doubt it, sports cars. Wow, I do not have a sports car. Okay. Uh, so I I, uh, I know you probably do, Carl, but uh, I would have to say <laughs> uh, I love looking at them, uh-huh. but, but I doubt it as far as the money. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that one. I feel you on that one. I, I don't have a sports car. In fact, it's funny. I wanted to buy a sports car. I wanted to buy an American muscle car. And my wife was like, no, you cannot. <laughs> you already drive too fast. You know, I really wanted a Dodge Charger. And she was like, no, you can't. You can't. So Ooh. she put her foot down on me. 
So now, now our the last car, the, the one of the cars we just got three years ago is this Mazda. It is red. Yeah, it is a, a it is a C3, a Mazda three. So it looks sporty, but that's that's as close as I'm getting right now. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Let's do one more. Bout it or doubt it. Okay, the category is rides, and bout it or doubt it trains. Oh, trains! I'm about that. Okay. I would love. To, okay, I enjoy trains. I would love to take a cross-country train ride. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would like to get on a one end of the country and go all the way across. Yep. I would love it. I'll bring it, bring it on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's something we share. That's something I have not done yet. I've always wanted to do. And another thing, I was looking at not too long ago some photos from in Canada going from the eastern side of Canada to the western side of Canada. There's a train that does that as well, and it looked absolutely gorgeous. I'm in. So yeah. you, you and I, may, you and I may have to do that together. Right? Hey, man, I'd be down. <laughs> I would be down with that. That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. So, so, so how do you describe your personal musical taste? Like, what do you like when you're listening to music um, just for enjoyment, or what? You're, when you're driving around in your car, what 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 are you listening to? <laughs> See, if my wife were here, she would be laughing because. Uh, uh, she says she likes music more than I do okay. because she's, she says you do music for a living, but yeah. I really enjoy music. So sure. for me, actually in my car, there's a lot of sports talk on okay. sometimes, okay. But, okay. but as far as listening to music, I have a pretty wide range. Okay. Um, I listen to, um, traditional jazz, uh-huh. like, um, I will go all the way back and I'll get on these binges of Stanley Turrentine and, and Dexter Gordon and, and West Montgomery and those guys. And I'll just get on a binge of that Coltrane. Oh, I can uh-huh. listen to it many times. Okay. And then, then, I'll, uh, then I'll turn around and I'll go back to uh, the music that I grew up with. I'll go back to um, music that you wouldn't think I'd be listening to, like Seals and Crofts, the yeah. Eagles, the Carpenters, all of that stuff that I grew I'll go old school, like yeah. AM radio, big yeah. time. Yeah. Then I'll turn around, I'll listen to some smooth jazz, uh, and then uh, I'll, I'll turn around and listen to vocalists. I enjoy listening to vocalists because I learn a lot from them about phrasing. Yeah. Um, like, I'm big Al Jarreau fan. Oh, Just love yeah. Loved him. Joe Sample. I, oh, it's too, hey, Grover Washington. I just, oh, yeah. You know, it's, 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 but a lot of times when I'm listening to music, it's educational. I'm learning it for different things. So I haven't, I don't listen as much, unfortunately, just for entertainment. So yeah, yeah. now you, now I need to get back to that car. There you, you go. Me into it. There you go. And you, <laughs> you you mentioned you mentioned several that I that I love, but you mentioned Al Jarreau, who is uh, is is a, a Milwaukee native, and oh. and one of the things that uh, that I am actually working on is trying to get a street named for him in Milwaukee. Wow! Yeah, he was uh, just just one of a kind. I. I I've got I have albums of his uh, yeah. all the way back to Breaking Away yes. and even further back and uh High Crime and just just it was just excellent the his singing the arranging yeah. the whole just oh my gosh yeah um, and I, such I, a unique voice and unique talent there'll never be yes. anybody like Al again 
never being back. Totally, like, again. Totally agree with that. So if you weren't doing music for a living, Tom, what, what would you be doing? You know, I had an interest in medicine. Okay. 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 I, I, I took, I took some advanced biology and chemistry in high school and, um, everybody in my high school thought I was going to be a doctor, huh. but, uh, but, um, uh, music won out, but yeah. I love I love science. Yeah, I've always I've always enjoyed science, so it'd probably be something in the science field. That's cool. That's cool. Is there something your fans would be surprised to learn about you? Uh, I am a tropical fish enthusiast. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> How did you get into that? Well, when I was just a youngster, the pastor at our church gave me a fish tank with some guppies in it. Okay. And I just was smitten by that. And I kept fish all while I was growing up. And then uh, I was traveling a lot uh, later, and I kind of had to give away some tanks and different things. And then when I, a few years ago, uh, my kids bought me a tank and got me back into it. So okay. I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> got, oh, wow. <laughs> so so is it I, is it one of these like you know big tanks with a lot of different types of unique rare fish or or what do you what do you try to acquire in terms of the tropical fish that you that you that you're well, enthusiastic about uh, i have upstairs here i have a um a, what i call a it's about a 55 it's a 55 gallon filled with so, all kind of tetras and wow. basically basically fish from amazon the amazon regions wow and then uh downstairs I, I haven't set it up yet but it's going to be a what you call a cichlid tank and that's okay uh, those are fish from uh, either south america or africa so i i haven't set that one up yet and don't get me wrong i I'm not, I don't do salt or anything like that yeah. because that's a lot of work and I travel a lot and I can't, I can't always do that. But yeah. I, I, it's just very relaxing. I enjoy it. That's the, cool. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's, that's a lot of fun. That's kind of my getaway besides working out. I love to go running. I yeah. Run a lot. yeah. Yeah. How often do you get a chance to run? Do you run every day or do you run? Not, uh, not enough. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I would, okay. I would, I would love to go every other day, but sometimes schedules just do not permit, but yeah, I just do it to stay in shape. Now my son, uh, ran track at Baylor and okay. um, university and he just graduated with a master's and he is working on running professionally. He's serious. Wow. He's a, yeah. He's a sprinter. So, okay. 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 <laughs> and were you a distance runner or a sprinter? I was a 400. I was 400. Okay. 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 Yeah, okay. 400 four by one, four by four relay. And I love track and field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clearly. And, and, your, and your son picked that up. Yes, sir. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, let's take a listen to one more of your tunes. Um, how, why don't you tell us a little bit about Sharon's groove? Well, Sharon is my wife. We've been married for an April 32 years. Congratulations. <laughs> She is amazing. And uh, uh, I admit, though, Carl, I was in the doghouse because I've written songs <laughs> for I've written songs for both sons, uh -huh. Ian's song and Julian Smile. But I hadn't written a song for her. So uh -huh. uh, she was singing this little melody around the house. Da, 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 and I said, huh, why don't you sing that into my phone here? Uh -huh. And so she, she sang it. And I said, OK. And I make the joke on stage. I'll say, I knew I didn't have to pay her royalties on that melody. <laughs> so so I, I, I filled it out, wrote, wrote the rest of it and, and, and everything. And then I just called it Sharon's Groove. And we got the studio 
And I played the guys played it and everything. And I kept trying to think of a better name for it. And the guitarist Mark Carpu played on it. Said, Man, just leave that alone. That's mm-hmm. her groove. So mm-hmm. it became Sharon's groove and and that's it. It's actually our single that's out right now, our third single. Fantastic. Well, let's take a listen.
right, everybody. You just heard Sharon's Groove by Tom Braxton. So, Tom, there are a couple of questions that I love to ask all of our guests and put them on the spot a little bit. Not too difficult, (laughs) but they're fun questions. The first one is, can you tell us your top three albums of all time? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, okay. This is hard. This is hard. Okay. Um, One of them is, is, well, I actually know two of them. Uh, They're going to, they're going to be, uh, and I'll try to figure out the third one. And they're actually, (laughs) one of them has got to be kind of blue by Miles Davis. Okay. Okay. Uh, That just, I don't. I don't even have to say anything about it. It just was the artistry of it was was amazing. Um, one of the uh, the one of the second one, and these aren't in order, but yeah, just, yeah. The other one would be Giant Steps by Coltrane. Yep. Uh, just took the saxophone to an amazing place uh, that I um, to still enjoy today. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, the third one. Oh, you're killing me here. Uh, <laughs> It would have to be something from Grover Washington. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd even say, I mean, I've got tons of his records, but um, it's, even though it's been played a lot, I'd say the Mr. Magic record. Yeah. Actually, that's classic. Yeah. They, and there's more on it than just Mr. Magic. There's yeah. some good stuff. And a little side note, I was talking to Bob James in the green room on one of the jazz cruises. I forgot that he produced that track. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Wow. Yeah, and, and and get this. I he said that the original Mr. Magic was brought in by Ralph McDonald on a cassette tape and it was a vocal ballad. Wow. And and Bob James is the one who really made it. Um, 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 okay. And if you really go back and listen to it, you'll hear his influence on that track. That's cool. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to do that. So the other question I love to ask our guests is you are having a dinner party and you can invite any three people living or deceased. Who's coming to Tom Braxton's dinner party and what are you serving? Wow. You're making me think. Okay. All right. All right. As far as serving, um, gosh, one of my favorite meals is simply great spaghetti. Okay. Okay. Love spaghetti and meatballs okay my mother made that my wife makes it great i i do that it was it would either be that or seafood but i'll just go with spaghetti all right i would have coltrane for sure yeah i would have this is hard (laughs) (laughs) this is hard oh my god this is hard you know uh coltrane i would have Oh, you're really hurting me here because I'm just <laughs> my mind. I, my mind is going to so many people. I'd love to sit down and talk yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, um, Charlie Parker. Okay. I, you know, Coltrane and Parker. Yes. Well, I would just be a big sponge. Yeah. The third. The third person. <laughs> this is so hard because there are people outside of music that I would like to talk to too. Uh-huh. But. Um, Gosh, Carl. <laughs> okay, I've got to make a decision. I've got to make a decision. Let's go with, because uh, my wife and I were just talking about this the other day. I'm taking up all your time. No. Let's we go got, with, we got... <laughs> uh, 
you didn't tell me you were going to torture me like this. <laughs> so we got, we got, we got train. We got Parker. You know what? I'm going to change it up a little bit. It would be really great to talk to Sidney Poitier. Oh yeah, that's a great pick. You know, he. I, I just saw a biography about him. A brief biography and just what he went through and what he came from. I would love to talk to him. Yeah, that's a fantastic <laughs> pick. That's a fantastic pick. That is great. So, so Tom, tell tell our listeners what you, what you've got going on for the rest of 2022. Well, um, we're right now. We have our third single out, which is Sharon's Groove. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, at radio and is doing well on its way up. Um, great. We, we have some dates filling in nicely for the rest of the year. I'm going to Charlotte um, to play at uh, Middle C. Uh-huh. I've, got some da- I've got some dates coming up in some different areas. I don't have my calendar in front of me going yeah. to Tulsa. Back, going to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I'm excited about. That's where my dad's from. Okay. And um, playing a festival there. And uh, a smooth jazz festival in Florida, and it's just kind of a smorgasbord, you know. Uh, yeah. I'm ex- I'm excited about it, and um, uh, you know, excited also about probably starting to tinker with ideas for the next project. Good, 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 good. Well, I got to tell you, man, I I have really enjoyed having an opportunity to to spend a little time with you and chop it up today. We, uh, I want our fans to be on the lookout for, for your music and, and for your touring dates. And just really, man, enjoy getting to know you a little bit and having you on today. So thank you for taking time to, to hang out with us. Well, Carl, I really appreciate your taking the time to have me on. And I uh, look forward to coming your way and getting to spend some time with, with your huge fan base there. And uh, people want to know a little bit more about me, of course, TomBraxton.com and uh, Tom Braxton Music on Facebook is the easy way to find out where we are playing. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, man, for coming on. And we hope to see you up here in Milwaukee sometime soon, man. Yes, sir. I may not come in the wintertime. I understand. (laughs) I don't blame you. I have to be here in the wintertime. But trust me, if I didn't have to be here, I would not be here in the (laughs) wintertime. All right, Tom. Thanks, man. Thank you, Carl. All right. I want to let you all know also that our 2022 Fresh Coast Jazz Festival will take place August 26th through August 28th at the Pabst Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This year's lineup features Najee, Bob James, Adam Hawley, Alex Bunyol, Gabriella Anders, Marcus Adams, Vandell Andrew, Blair Bryant, and more. Get your tickets now by going to freshcoastjazz.com. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. 